beautiful name of Jesus. And everybody said hallelujah. All right, if you have a Bible this morning, we're so glad for each and every one that's here. Turning to the book of Psalms, Psalm 27. Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right, you can be seated. The Lord bless you. I'm going to read. That is the King James Version of the Bible, which is our mainstay. And, uh, but there are many other versions and renderings. Uh, for an example, I would like to give you the Amplified Version. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after. Inquire for and insistently require that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in his presence all the days of my life to behold and gaze upon the beauty, the sweet attractiveness and the delightful loveliness of the Lord and to meditate, consider in his temple. That's the Amplified Version. This is from the message. It's a contemporary uh, rendering. I'm asking God for one thing, only one thing, to live with him in his house my whole life long. I'll contemplate his beauty. I'll stay at his feet. Okay, that's the message, a contemporary rendering. So I did all that to bring you to senior pastor's <laughs> version this morning. Fasten your seatbelt. One thing I am desiring of the Lord. And this I will roll after, that I may stay in the church all the days of my life, to teach the beauty of Acts 2.38 to everyone, everywhere. I hope you like my version. All right. And uh, you can definitely put that down as original. <laughs> but... Um, you know, David lived in his time. He had his battles. He had his victories. And uh, he certainly had his way of expressing himself. And as we <clears throat> have seen, the market has exploded. I'm not against uh, other versions and renderings for comparisons and study. That's all okay. But always remember that the King James Version is our most basic fundamental, foundationary uh, scripture, and we want to keep that that way. Uh, one of the things we run into, though, of course, is that um, 
in the dumbing down of the educational system of America. Unfortunately, there are many things that people are, don't know anymore or aren't educated to. Um, pretty soon, there won't be any books. Um, it, they've already done studies, and uh, basically what the new up-and-coming children are proficient at, skillful at, is this. They're real good at that, because that's how an iPod works. And uh, So they're taking books out and putting iPods in. And of course, this is going to be another form of control. And uh, But you know, and there are words, I will grant you, that uh, we don't use in our vocabulary anymore. Uh, I always thought that a shambles was a child's room. You know, get in there and clean your room. It's nothing but a shambles. Big mess, you know. But in the King James Version of the Bible, a shambles is a meat market. You and I would never say, I'm going down to the shambles to get a rack of beef. That's not going to happen. We're not going to say it that way. We, we don't know that. We don't use that. And there are other such words that the King James Version uses that are not, shall we say, commonplace to us. So that's why it hasn't hurt for there to uh, be a, a rise of different um, renderings to maybe make things a little plainer in the day and time in which we live. The main thing is we don't want to lose the meaning of anything that God intended. And uh, we certainly believe that all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. So as we read the King James Version of the Bible, we're very happy with what God has given us. Uh, but we are going to try to make it a little more understandable. We're going to try to <clears throat> use words, uh, inject words, that people can, again, grasp. And the challenge is upon us as we're watching our generations come up. They hold a whole different way of talking and uh, a different way of comprehending and understanding. Matter of fact, the reading level uh, today is dropping way down. Used to be seventh and eighth grade level, uh, but it's it's lower than that now. One of the great accomplishments that we've always been very thankful for here at the academy is that our children can read, and they're taught to read early. We to excel for many years doing the teaching. Um, we had children that were uh, sometimes even a little bit still in the three going into four, and then four-year-olds, uh, for sure, learned already knew how to read. And uh, by the time they're five and six, they're just flying. And uh, whereas in the <coughs> educational system, in other ways and places, uh, they're graduating them from 12th grade, and they still can't read. So we're very thankful for what the Lord uh, has given to us. But more importantly, we're thankful for the spiritual aspect that we're able to impart to our children. Um, <clears throat> I told somebody the other day, seems like, and under certain circumstances it might be justifiable, but they were somewhat concerned and was wanting to 
make it clear to the children that certain things are not real, certain things don't exist. Um, people tell you that they're lying to you. But you know, there are many things in life that uh, there's a lot of things. I'm finishing the book of Revelation. I'm finishing the book of Samuel. I'm all over the place. And uh, there's many things to teach about and preach about and that we could tell people about. But, you know, David got down to one thing, one thing. And that's hence my version. Because there's a lot of things that we know because we've had our understanding open. We've come to the knowledge of the truth. We are truly a blessed people. And uh, God has been kind to, by degrees, deprive us of our ignorance. He is educating us, and he is giving us insight uh, to, to the spiritual things, the real things, the important things. I had a man say to me the other day, and I think he was a Trinitarian preacher, actually, and he uh, heard me speak about and I had brought up and brought into what I was saying about Nicodemus and how that he was such an educated man, and yet um, because he thought naturally, and the Bible teaches that the, the spiritual things to the natural man are foolishness. He, the natural man just can't grasp them. He can't comprehend them. He can't get them. And um, when Jesus told Nicodemus that you must be born again, Nicodemus was wanting to know how, how that works. Do I get in my mother's womb a second time? And uh, which, when you think about it, is a very ridiculous statement. And this coming from a very educated man. And Jesus never batted an eye. He never paused. He never hesitated. He just went right on and said, Truly, truly, I say unto thee, you must be born again of water and of the Spirit. For you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And he went on, as this man had pointed out to me afterwards, and he was kind of laughing about it a little bit, and um, he, we were just kind of comparing notes that Jesus was kind of yanking uh, Nicodemus's chain a little bit, and um, later on I mentioned, I said, yeah, I said, later on in the, in the chapter there of John's account, he said, um, art thou a master in Israel, <laughs> and knowest not these things? He said, if I'm talking to you about Earthly things, and you're befuddled, you know, using my term. You're mixed up. You're confused. You're, you're not grasping it. He said, how in the world am I going to talk to you about heavenly things? Yeah. So when we're naturally minded, well, we're just naturally going to mess things up. And Jesus said that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's a physical thing. brings you into this physical world. Uh, but he said, that which is spirit, now that's a different thing. And for us to be able to grasp the things of God, and shall I say the important things of God, then we're going to have to get in the spirit. We're going to have to get spiritually minded. We're going to also have to realize that there are priorities. There are things that uh, people need to know, just like I said about the children. We feel like the first things, among the first things that they need to know is the building blocks that are going to bring them to where they can read. That the key to education is reading. 
least it has been. Whether or not some people are going to change that, I guess. And, um, and, and they're attempting to. You know. But we're, we're not going to change. And it's just like the plan of salvation. We're not going to change. We're going to bring the same message. We're not going to deviate. We're not going to go to the right or go to the left. We're not going to back up. By God's grace, we're not going to do those things. And so there's one thing that we are desirous of here. One thing we're, we're rolling after. One thing we're going to just keep on and keep on and keep on. And that is getting this plan of salvation to every last living person that we can. Uh, I was in a place the other day and I was reading my Bible and an uh, individual began to talk to me and I began to talk to them. And I asked them a little bit about their background, and, and they began to tell me. And, and so I said, all right. I said, then I asked them the next thing. And one thing after another, I was getting filling in a little history there. Until finally, I said, well, um, do you realize that all of these things that have been taking place over a period of time in your life have been done to bring you at just such a time as this, to where God wants you to be so he can give you what he has for you. And so she said, okay. And so I, I uh, had my Bible, and I had turned it around in the meantime. The person was standing next to my table. And I put my finger on verse 38, and I had it in red. And I said, read that. So the person read it. And... Uh, immediately they just burst out crying. And the individual said, I, I believe that. I believe that. And I said, all right, then. I said, um, let's talk about baptism. And the individual said, well, I was in a bar one night, and I, I wasn't drunk, said, and I, but I was going home, and it was dark, and I was very tired, and I drove into a canal. And said, I had to swim out of that canal, get out of the car and swim out of that canal in the dark, pitch black. Said, and I was able to do it. Said, so I kind of figured that was my baptism. So I said, well, okay, that's your version. <laughs> Let me give you mine. <laughs> so I told him, I said, well, I said, you know, actually, you just read. And I said, I want to baptize you. And so the individual said, okay. So I'm in hopes that she and her daughter are going to be coming one of these Sundays. And I'm going, I know I'm going to have to stay after it so the inspiration doesn't fade away. You know, it's like a wave. I want to get it at the crest and uh, help them to, to act on what they're feeling right now. But the point is, is that there are many things in life. Many people come in stages. And the Bible did say that we are to always be ready to give an answer because of the hope that we have in us. You know, there was a time when I was without hope. I was without God. I didn't know anything. I've often said when I first came to church, if you'd have said, turn to the second book of Hezekiah, I would have been hunting it. Because I didn't, I didn't know the books of the Bible. 
I always tell how I was the rookie. And uh, when I first came into church and they got me to find, go find Jude chapter 2 and come tell me what it says. And so I go grab a Bible and I'm looking for Jude chapter 2. And I came back and I, I looked at them and I said, there is no Jude chapter. Oh, about that time they all fell on the ground laughing. And, you know, I was the rookie, right? They had a lot of fun with me. So uh, I'm simply saying that we have to be careful that we don't take it for granted. Now, Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, Sasquatch, Bigfoot, I really don't care. You know, I really don't care. It's not at the top of my priority list. One thing about this issue. One thing. There's some people I'm only going to cross paths with them more than likely one time. I may never see them again. But if I can leave, if I can leave Acts 2.38 in their heart, if I can somehow introduce them to Acts 2.38, if I can get them to realize, as they said in the Bible, in the book of Acts, the first day of the church, the only church that Jesus ever built, and that birth of that church, Peter preached the first sermon. And at the conclusion of it, basically in the contemporary version, they said, we heard you. We heard what you said. Now what do we do? Now what do we do? And that's when the Spirit of the Lord spoke through Peter and said, repent. If I can get them to hear that, repent. And to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If I can get them. Oh, I like the next verse, too, and I like the next verse after. I like a lot of verses. I like Revelation. I like all the things it talked about. And, and I was up last night highlighting and all kinds of things. But you know. I'd love to talk about the seals and the trumpets and the vials and all kinds of things. But if you never learn that, but you get the experience of Acts 2.38, you're going to be all right. But if, if you don't get Acts 2.38, the experience of that, and you feel like you could know all these other things, those other things aren't going to save you. Those other things aren't going to pull you out of the fire. Those other things are not. It's like a man was putting stuff under a little, little piece of paper under a uh, windshield in the parking lot one day. And, and um, I was leaving that particular place at the grocery store, and I was leaving it. And I saw him, and I kind of pulled up, and I put my window down. And I said, um, I hope what you're giving out is something to do with Acts 2.38 in the Bible. And, uh, you know, to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And he said, well, I'm baptized in both ways. He said, it don't make no difference. Well, right about then, my Holy Ghost said, straight up. And he said, either way, he said, it's not going to, 
it's not going to keep you out of heaven. And I said, sir, I said, let me tell you what's going to keep you out of heaven. I said, not being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ will keep you out of heaven. Put my window up, went on my way. Let him think about that. Let him think about that. Without that name, you have no blood. Without that blood, you have no forgiveness of sin. We're not going to water it down. We're not going to leave the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. We're not going to do that. For 2,000 years now, approximately, the church has continued on, and they have, they have fought the good fight of faith. They've stayed on the firing line. They've been brave. And they've continued on to here we are. They were pronounced from Joel 2.28 to Acts 2 as afterward and in the last days. We, being 2,000 years down the road from Acts 2, approximately, we are then in the end of the last days. We're not in the beginning of this thing. We're at the end of this thing. And it's winding down. Many things were fulfilled prophetically in the last moment of the life of the man Christ Jesus. And I'm saying to you that prophecies can be fulfilled very quickly. And it is true that there are some things that have to be fulfilled before Jesus will return uh, for the church that first resurrection, but there are things I'm saying that can be fulfilled very, very quickly. And he did say he was going to come as a thief in the night. And that it's going to take place in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. When a change will take place and the mortal will put on immortality. And so we, we have to live with a, a passion about us I'm not interested in impressing everybody with what all I think I know. I don't want to. I don't want to slap anybody. But I, I, I don't want to slap anybody. I especially don't want to slap a blind man. Be mad at him because he can't see what I'm saying. Paul did say he spoke some things to our shame because not everybody has this knowledge. Not everybody has this knowledge. Once again, there were great, <laughs> there were people that we would pale in their presence. They were great men and women of God. And they, many of them were righteous. God pronounced them righteous. And they inquired. That was the word David used in the King James Version here. To inquire in his temple. To inquire at the feet. You know, you come here to learn. You don't come here to, to tell me where to get off and be a church boss of some kind. You come to learn. When I came into church, I came with my hands up. 
I was lost. I didn't know anything. You know, Saul would have, Saul of the Old Testament, first anointed king of Israel, he would have uh, fared much better had he maintained his early posture and attitude when he was little in his own sight, even though from the head and shoulders upward he was taller than most around him. But he would have fared so much better had he maintained humility, had he not ever really seen himself. I'm the king. I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other. If he could have stayed humble, if he could have trembled at God's word, God gave a specific instruction to do something, and Saul failed to do it. He thought he had a better plan. Samuel just got done preaching what God gave him, and Saul walked right out and thought he had a better idea thought he could do it better. I have no second guessings of God's mind. God knows exactly what he's doing. And he's in control. And I, I want to have that kind of humble attitude and maintain it. God keep us from spirit. You hear me? It's been said, the guy that's laying in the gutter and he's drunk or he's stoned out. People that are crippled up and all bent over and bad things happening in their lives. If it wasn't for the grace of God, that could be me. That could be me. As a matter of fact, I was headed that way. But the grace of God appeared. And I was able to come to the realization because somebody witnessed to me, Acts 2.38. Somebody showed me, got me to let my eyes fall on it, my finger follow along and read it, that I was to repent and, and helped me to understand what it meant to repent and that I was to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And it would be for the forgiveness of all of my sins. Everything I'd said wrong, thought wrong, done wrong, and acted wrong all my life. At that time, I was 20 years old. I'd done a lot of sinning. And that I could then, I would have the promise after being baptized that I would receive the Holy Ghost. All of which happened. All of which happened in my life. And I'm looking back now, coming up to 46 years, and uh, no regrets whatsoever. None whatsoever. Very thankful for the privilege to live for God. And that God keep me from spirits that would like to tear me down. Keep me from spirits that would try to destroy me. You know, after verse 4 in Psalm 27, David said, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion." In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. You know, God will set you up. If you hadn't got anything going in life, God can set you up. He can fix you right up. 
He can make things happen, friends. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to take you and make you a responsible citizen of the kingdom of God. He wants to make you that. He doesn't want you to live to where you have to be dependent on anything. I told you about the, the preacher that has had cancer for 10 years. And after the second or third year, the doctor in an appointment told him, no more we can do for you. We just can't do anything for you. This is it. We're done. We, we've hit our limit. And he said he just sat back a little bit, got a big smile on his face, and looked at those doctors and said, well, good. He said, now it's just me and Jesus. And I'm saying to you that we want our reliance to be on the Lord. We want our faith to be in Jesus Christ. And we don't want that to waver. We don't want to be double-minded. Because that kind of person will receive nothing from the Lord. He's looking, I have seen God literally get angry with people who wouldn't trust him. They just wouldn't trust him. God wants you to trust him. First and foremost, he wants you to trust him for your salvation. Salvation belongeth unto God. He wants you to, to look unto him. He wants you, as it is written, to call upon him. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The next steps are right there. What shall we do? You've told us, what shall we do? We heard you preach. We heard your words. We heard what you've said. We're receiving your testimony. Now what? And that's where the religious world falls down. Because they don't have the message. They've probably run faster and got there in many instances before us. But when they got there, they didn't have anything. They didn't have a message. That's why they breezed through and could run so fast and get there so fast and have bigger buildings and better this and better that and better the other. Because the enemy wasn't resisting them. The enemy wasn't fighting. He was glad to give them a free pass. One time I was in New York and I, I uh, got on the deal and I kept coming through a toll and, and I kept missing my exit. And the fifth time I came back around to that toll and that guy in the toll booth at 1 o'clock in the morning, he just said, I go on. <laughs> he didn't even collect the money from me. Got tired of taking my money. <laughs> I kept missing that exit in that big city and didn't know what, man, that's pretty bad for an ex-New Yorker, isn't it? But I'd been away a long time, and I didn't remember things. And I, who wanted to remember any of that anyway? I was in a new life, in a new lifestyle. And uh, I'm simply saying to you that there are many, many, many things that you will learn as you come to the knowledge of the truth. And there will be things that will educate you to how Jesus wants it done. But let's not ever forget that there's really one thing that
that we need to be desiring of God. And that is, keep me from spirits that I can stay in the church. Don't let me be tripped up. Don't let me be fooled. Don't let me be deceived by the enemy or my flesh. Keep me, O God. Protect me, O Lord. Keep me in the church. Don't let me feel like I'm all that and I could just have this any old time. Don't let that get a hold of me. Let me be grateful. Let me be thankful. In everything the Bible says, give thanks. Revelation used that term when the elders and the living creatures fell down before the Lord's throne. And the Bible said they gave thanks. Among other things, they gave thanks. the leper that we will preach about so much. And if it had given us a name, we would all know that one leper's name. And I should say that one ex-leper's name. Because he came back, didn't he? He came back to say thank you, didn't he? He came back to lift up his heart with his hands and say thank you. I don't have to scream unclean anymore. My flesh isn't melting away anymore. Thank you. Or like the, the one that made it out of the dead ends of life. Kept hitting one dead end after another. Kept cutting himself in just self-inflicted wounds. Fell at the feet of Jesus. Jesus said, well, what's your name? My name is Legion. And we're many. And we never read about that second guy. He got mentioned, but there was two. We don't read about him. We read about the one. Not everybody escapes. Because not everybody gives heed. And of course, Jesus casted out those legions of devils. Matter of fact, it's quite amusing that the devil was begging, <laughs> begging Jesus, don't cast us into the deep early. Well, what would you have me do? Well, well, there's a, a herd of pigs over there. Could you, could you cast us into the pigs? Imagine the devil begging to inhabit a pig. And that's what happened. And the guy is now completely free from the influence of the enemy. Now, you know, the Bible has a terminology, quote, unquote, the sweet influencer. I'm so glad that my God does have a sweetness about him. I think I read that in the Amplified Version. That, that God is... Now, some people think God's a, a big giant, and I granted, Job did say he runs upon me like a giant. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but I, I'm saying God's not out to get you, to hurt you. He's out to get you to save you, to deliver you. 
get you up and running in the right direction. You know, Jesus, I'm trying to tell you, he's saying, roll with me. Somebody came up to me the other night and said, I'm rolling with the king today. Rolling with the king. Well, that's encouraging. That's good. That's good. I, I was actually thinking about having a piece of paper drawn up, rolling with the senior pastor. We could all sign our names on it. When I was a young man, they, they used to sing a song, rolling, rolling, keep those doggies rolling. <laughs> They're talking about cattle. And you know that all of you southerners here uh, got your, your name Cracker because right up the road here, Come to Yeehaw Junction. Now there's a name for you. Yeehaw! Yeehaw Junction. Oh yeah. And <laughs> they used to, you know, it's I, the Bible said laugh and do it good like a medicine. It's just a glory to laugh. You're doing all right. <laughs> you know you're preaching then. <laughs> so anyway, Yeehaw Junction. But what it was was back in the day when those mule teams were coming through. People at the general store at Yeehaw Junction, I think that general store building is still there. And uh, it wasn't exactly a nice place, I don't think. Um, it, it sold more than flour and sugar. And uh, But anyway, they could hear the mule teams coming because they had whips. And they could hear the whips cracking. Hence, they labeled them crackers. Here come the crackers. So all the Southerners got stuck with the term. They're nothing but a bunch of Southern crackers. The old cracker mule. <laughs> well, whatever. That's the history. That's where it came from. What can I say? What can I say? Well, I'm just trying to tell you that, that Jesus is very interested in helping us. You know, the Bible said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He didn't come to hit people while they were down, you know. He didn't come to do that. Wow, that's unfortunate. Wait a minute. You want to be a good Christian. He didn't come to, to just stomp people and beat people and point out all of their fallacies and their weaknesses. And, you know, he didn't come to do that. He came to lift people up. He came to show people a way of escape. He even asked them, he said, how are you going to escape the damnation of hell? You reject this, you fight this, you don't learn this, you shut your ears to this, close your eyes to this. And this. How are you going to escape the damnation of hell and hell fire? How are you going to do that? I had a guy sat right here. He's dead now. And uh, it didn't matter what I would talk to him about. He knew everybody in town. Had tremendous connections. And I, he worked at the courthouse down there. And uh, I talked to him about going down downtown and that we, I would like to get in there and I would like to reach some of those people. And uh, I said, you know, if we could get a, some old dilapidated building down there and just rent it for a couple of days and have some special services right in the middle where they would, they could walk to it, you know, we'd be right there. He goes, yeah, man, we get together, we play basketball. my mind back there. What do you want? Did I say something about basketball? 
I did that, and I'm pretty sure I, I meant that. I'm pretty sure the word basketball did not come out of my lips. So I, I, I just would walk away kind of, yeah, yeah, okay. Thank you for your input and your help. Thing. I did that. Well, one day, one day, and we'd hit at it. We'd gone all around. We'd knock doors. We'd talk to people. Well, one day, uh, we were very fortunate to receive some assistance and brought a tent down to us. In fact, we had two of the men here today from Chicago to help bring that tent down and set it up. And uh, we had a wreath. Sergeant, would you stand? Barney? Three guys came. They came from Greece. Okay. Give God a big hand. You see the gentlemen, thank you. And and there are others. Some still living downstairs. Some that have come, some that have gone, some that are stuck, some that haven't. But the point is we we reached out. And you know, there's a lot of things that we gave free food. Hot dogs, this and that. We even went the second mile and we did fried fish. But you know what? They didn't want fried fish. They wanted hot dogs. So we said, fine, cheaper and easier. We can do hot dogs. So we did hot dogs. We gave away clothes. We bought clothes and we gave away clothes. Anything to get their attention, get them coming our way. All with the purpose and the motive of giving to them the plan of salvation. If there's not anything else, could, could we teach them how to open a checking account, how to get a passport? I don't know. Other, other type things, basic things. Yeah, we could teach those things. But that's just not the case. We could teach them a football game. Maybe how to start a garden. Maybe they teach a little bit about how to start those beautiful a lot of things that we could impart. They could tell you the truth about Santa Claus. They could tell you about the Easter Bunny. Yeah, lots of things we could talk to you about, tell you about, shed light on. We could do that. But it's like the basketball. It's not going to save. It's not going to save them. I gotta, I gotta get first things first. One thing about this. One thing. Let me stay in the faith. Let me stay in the faith, please. I know, you know, my pastor got the Holy Ghost because he thought God didn't want him. <laughs> he wasn't getting the Holy Ghost, and he kept seeking. He wasn't getting the Holy Ghost. And he was about to quit. He was about to leave. He figured God didn't want him. He wasn't. He'd been too bad. And he wasn't good enough, and God just didn't want him. About that time, God gave him the Holy Ghost. He just had to humble down. <laughs> you know, they always what do they always say? Break it on down. Well, how about humble it on down? Humble it on down. That'll work a lot better. Just humble it right on down. <laughs> and then God will give you the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Saul, when you were little in your own sight, when you when you didn't look at yourself and start thinking you was all that, that's when you messed everything up, Saul. When you, you when you didn't follow instructions, 
when you were second-guessing everything. You know, if you go in the armed services and they put you through boot camp, they're going to make you crawl under wire. They're going to string a wire across. I don't know how many inches off the ground, but it's not much. And they're going to make you, they're going to make you crawl. They're going to teach you to, when they tell you to put your head down, you keep it down. Because you don't want to get a bullet going through your brain. Okay? So they, and what they're teaching you is to obey orders. And if you and I can take God at his word, Saul didn't obey orders. God told him very specifically what to do. I have had people read Acts 2.38 and they just glaze over. And then they want to go talk about something else. And tell me all about their religion. Well, they had this dream or they saw this vision or, you know, whatever. They got oil coming out of the end of their fingers. Actually, I want to become, no, that's a booger that came out of your runny nose, but okay, whatever. Have it your way. You know, if I could somehow just get you to focus right here. They want to tell you how that they took Christ. I had a guy. I had a guy. I'm telling you. I was handing out tracts in a park, and I was inviting. This guy was laying right there out, and I knelt down next to him, shook him a little bit, and I said, hey, I said, um, I want to give you an invitation to our church. He said, ah, oh, he said, I took Christ, my personal Savior, in 1941, Sonny. Okay. Okay. Kind of reminds me of the guy that was hitchhiking. And uh, his car went by him and it screeched on its brakes, threw it in reverse. Backup lights came on, the guy backed up. Had the window down. He said, Where are you going? And I'm going, going. He said, All right, you want to ride? Come on, get in. So the guy got in. Boy, he didn't hardly get the door closed, and that guy floored it and just took off his tail and on down the road. He's just going after it. I know. It sounds like me. Anyway, he's going down the road and, and uh, he noticed, the driver notices that the hitchhiker is getting very close to the edge by the door. Kind of hugging the door. He's got his hand right on the latch. Come on, Gary. Said, hey, Gary. He said, What's wrong with you, man? You drive kind of fast. He said, don't worry about it. He said, we got the Lord. The hitchhiker looked at him and said, the way you drive, he got out a long time ago. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's kind of how I felt about that guy telling me he got Jesus as his personal Savior back in 1941. I was like, brother, he's been gone a long time. In your life, pal. Here, we're in the 80s now, you know. Well, now we're in the, hello, (laughs) we're in the 2000s. So I'm simply trying to say that uh, somewhere along the line, there's got to be a commitment and a dedication in our lives. And that one of our uh, successful works, and it was only successful because of God, but I am saying that God allowed everything to fall in place was because Instructions were given and instructions were carried out, and that was the main focus. Get Bible study, Acts 2.38, to everybody. Get it to everybody. That's your mission. That's your goal. That's why we're funding you. That's why we're underwriting you. 
so that you can, you know, this church family. This church family right here in more than one place has given over a million dollars easily to plant a work, to raise it up, to get something started. Your money. Okay, your money. So that we could get at people here. And there are people there. There are people that believe it. There are people whose lives have been changed for the good. Okay. And it wasn't because of Pastor Ron. It wasn't because of Brother Paul. It wasn't because of, of any other such type thing. There is no other such type thing. It wasn't because somebody shook your hand and said, you know, uh, just accept Christ into your heart. Maybe somebody needs to learn, and, and the other one is receive him. Receive him. And, uh, you know, I always like to point out that the word accept isn't in the Bible until long after you get to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, okay, that you finally run into that word. Okay. Never were instructions given. But I will say to you, if you could learn what the word receive means, okay, it means not to reject. So when we bring Acts 2.38 to you, if you won't reject it, but if you will receive it, if you will embrace it. Isn't that what Simeon did when they brought the Christ child to him? Man, he came, he came hauling out. <laughs> it didn't matter how old he was. He was feeling mighty young right then. And, and the Lord said, today's the day. Boy, he came bustling out of there, and he saw that young couple standing there, and they had that baby. Woo! Held that baby up. Said, now, Lord, I can depart in peace. My eyes have seen many like us, many great men and women long to have what we have. But they found out that that grace wasn't for them. But God, it was like Moses. You know, Moses didn't get to go to Canaan land. All that travel, all that sweat, all that. Camel dung. <laughs> All the things that he endured. Three million people. Three million people. He's, they, get, they get to the Jordan River. Moses is like, I want to go. I want to go. God says, you're not going. You want me to tell you where you're going, Moses? You're going up to the top of the mountain. You're going to die. And you just get yourself on up there. He said, but I'll tell you what, when you get up there, I'll let you look. Boy, old Moses up there just looking at that beautiful promised land that he <laughs> came through all that he came through. <laughs> Boy, you know he loved it. You know he was just chomping at the bit. He was riding a horse and had picked up the smell of the barn and the, and the feed, and he wanted to get onto that place. Well, you know why? Because it was a dispensational group. The law came by Moses. Moses represented the law. There was a line there. That's it for you, pal. It's time for that stone. They cried out, grace, grace, but Zechariah says, grace has come. And that comes by Jesus Christ. What a time we have. People saw it like Moses. They got to see it. They heard of it. They, 
They had dreams of it. They scriptures, God opened their understanding to it, but they didn't get to partake of it. And here we are, and God has been so good. We're living in great times. We're living in a great time. Let's dedicate ourselves. There's a lot of things going to try to keep you from staying in shape and doing the most important thing that needs to be done. A lot of things are going to happen. I told you, the guy without the message, nobody bothered with him. Who said? I'm running down the field. Go ahead and run. You ain't got the football, so who cares? <laughs> we don't care. Go ahead and run. God's got the message tucked under his arm. He's got it in his heart. Oh, we don't want that guy getting to us. We're going to gang tackle that guy. They do say that uh, there's certain places that uh, are very dangerous. Situations they'll call for a guy to go across the middle. And uh, you think this guy's going to deliver a message? You're coming across there, you're going to pay the price. And uh, I'm trying to tell you, the devil, he's going to deliver a message. People that just have religion, free pass. Let them run all they want to run. Let them do all they want to do. No big deal. They just add to the confusion, and the, that's good. That fella, that one, you ever read that in the Bible? That one, this one church that Jesus started, it's for everybody. Only that one church has been running for almost 2,000 years up and running, and enduring many, many, many obstacles and the enemy coming against them because that church has the message. That church has the plan of salvation. That church dedicated to one thing, one thing. We've got to get this message through. Everybody said, praise the Lord. We've got to get this message through. We've got to bring this to everybody everywhere. So, once again, my little version. One thing, hiring of the Lord, focus that. Roll after. That I in will save you. It'll save you from sin. Deliver you. Be saved. Want to do it anymore. Want to want to do dope anymore. You don't want to steal anymore. You don't want to cuss anymore. You don't want to hang out in the wrong places with the wrong people anymore. You don't want to do the wrong thing. You just don't have the desire for that anymore. You've been given a new heart. New walk in your shoes. When we baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ, we bury the old nature. And when you come up out of the water, that 
you get born again of water, and we'll bring up the new you, and the heavens are open, and from that moment on, you're a candidate to receive the free gift of the Holy Ghost. You cannot know. People talk about the love of God, the love of God. The love. There, there is no love of God without the Holy Ghost. That's what's shed abroad in your heart when he gives you the Holy Ghost. Okay? And so you might want to keep that in mind. The next time you read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Though I speak with the, with the tongues of men and of angels and have not the Holy Ghost, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not the Holy Ghost, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned, have not the love of God, the Holy Ghost, it profiteth me nothing. The Holy Ghost suffereth long in his kind. The Holy Ghost envieth not. The Holy Ghost vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. The Holy Ghost never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, and the Holy Ghost, these three. But the greatest of these is the Holy Ghost. Without the gift of the Holy Ghost, without being born again of the Spirit, you cannot see or enter the kingdom of God. Everybody said praise the Lord. So, as I said, one thing. I am desiring of the Lord, you can come at me. This I will roll after, that I may stay in the church all the days of my life to teach the beauty of Acts 2.38 to everyone everywhere. That's senior pastor's version, and I uh, hope you'll take it to heart. If I... Uh, there's so many things that we learn when we come in the body of Christ. Sunday school is down there. Children are being taught all the time. But the central theme, the central theme is they're being taught Acts 2.38.
We're going to teach them one God. Here we are. We're going to teach them lots of good things. But the prevailing thing that we're going to teach them, because some of these children, they won't see the God. They won't see the God. They'll follow the crop, grow up. Which I, I take that back. We'll probably see them. We'll see their mug shot. And we'll say, well, you can't see them. That's okay. That's how we'll see them. But we got to get. We've got to get. Acts 238 and Revelation. We had a preacher's son. He contacted some of his family and he said, I've got a whole group listening to senior pastor in Jersey every Sunday. Whole group. We teach the young ladies, Mr. Captain was very instrumental in that. We teach them in those other classes down there. We're cramming jam here. We need to get in our new building. We got seven Sunday school classes going simultaneously, and even my office is used. And who cares? I, I told them I'd take everything out of that office and they could have the whole room. My wife said, No, no, no. Okay. But what matters is we want to teach them. get that chance. We may never see them again. They may move away. Things can happen. And things do happen. But hopefully, somewhere down the road, something will click. Some gear will fall into place and everything will, like a Rubik's Cube, it will all make sense. Like a man told Brother Lewis the other day when he saw the back window of his vehicle, apostolic way, apostolic life. He said, uh, he said, I just moved here. He said, I, I'm looking for an apostolic church. So, thank God. Evidently something clicked. You know, something clicked. Something fell in place for him. One thing, if I could shear off, lop off, you know, when you you got a tree and you and you want it to grow strong and healthy and be fruitful, you have to prune it. You have to get the dead branches off because they're pulling stuff that could be going and should be going to the branches that are producing fruit. Why Jesus cussed that one tree? Because it, it had no promise of bearing fruit. 
some places. The Lord spoke and said, Pluck it up. What cumbereth the ground with it? And the pastor just kept on. I know one preacher that he uh, he was praying for somebody that was giving him a hard time. Being contrary. Actually, it boils down to being proud and immature. And uh, the Lord spoke to him and said, if he stays, he'll cause you more trouble than you want. And so God moved him. I don't know how many times he's been married since he left. Gone through woman after woman. Remind me of you know, one of those very righteous football players. You know, they play in all those different cities. And he's got a child in every city that he plays in. That he plays in. I guess somebody didn't tell him that all that child support is going to be long. But that career very short. You know? He's rolling with the wrong thing. We gotta we gotta get this message everywhere. Everybody everywhere. Gotta get this message. Everybody everywhere. Let's stand together. One thing. How about it? Can we focus down? One thing. Let me let me be getting that going. Let me get that going on. That one thing. Let me get that being accomplished. There's people on your job. There's people in the grocery store. See, you know, I really don't know how to talk to people. Let me tell you what you do. You take that cute little baby God gave you, put it in a stroller. Well, put a Band-Aid on your head. You'll have more conversation than you'll know what to do with. You may not know how to talk, but that little baby would get a lot going. I, I was staying at a place the other day, and mother walked by, and the little kid and the little kid looked at me. <laughs> Brother, you know, except you becomes a little child and a little bit kid. They're out there, church family. I saw some kids the other day on the canal here, right across the street. And they had fish flopping all over the place that they had caught. There's a lot of fish, but we got to put the hook in. We got to throw the net out. Got to get involved. Let me stay in the church with you all the days of my life. Let me inquire and let me learn about you. That I can go tell others. What the guy at Jesus' feet? All the devils gone. Legions of them. You know, you could be talking somewhere close to forty to sixty thousand devils was in that guy that nobody could do anything with. They couldn't even chain him. I had a friend one time. I didn't know because I was just a kid. I was a 
teenager in high school. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I'd never been witnessed to then. I was 15 years old. And, but I had a friend that now I know he had a devil. I didn't know it then. Didn't even know that, that kind of thing existed. And, you know, he got, he was always getting in fights. And he was not tall. He was like five foot seven, both ways. And uh, I remember the night his, his dad, his dad was a champion boxer in, in the Navy. And so was his grandfather. And his dad said, you think you're so tough. He said, go ahead and take your best shot. His name was Tommy. Tommy Shaw. Tommy turned around and hit his dad in the stomach, knocked him over the chair. The chair flipped. The dad did a roll, wound up against the wall, just the wind all out of him. <laughs> Crazy. He asked for it. I guess he got it. But uh, we were at this. They don't hardly have them anymore, but Howard Johnson's. Boy, they had good hot dogs. Great mustard. And uh, that was the hangout, you know. Imagine that. We were really bad. And, uh, but Tommy was fighting again, and the cops came. It took five policemen, five men. Tommy was 15, 16 years old. It took five grown men to get his hands behind his back and handcuff him to pull the devil. And like I said, I didn't know it then, but looking back, Legion, think about it. Forty to sixty thousand devils inhabiting this man. And Jesus cast the devils out. This guy is, they find him. And this guy is now sitting at the feet of Damascus. And he is clothed. He's been naked and immodest and tatters and rags. in his right mind. He's not crazy. He's not loony. He's not uncontrollable. But these people were more interested in their pig than they were in that man. They asked Jesus to leave. Not always going to be popular. Not always going to be smooth sailing. Not everybody going to say what a great guy you are and all of that. You're not always going to fit in. Who wants to fit in with them anyway? I see people going back to things that God pulled me out of when he gave me the Holy Ghost. They're claiming to be in the church and they're going back to it. That's not the direction I want to be going. One thing about this man, one thing, one thing, and every one of us, whatever it is that motivates us, now you know the guys are going to get together after Thanksgiving, and they're going to, they're going to go to paintball, and uh, I, I think Sal's going to be healed that day. I'll prophesy that. And, uh, might even bring Miguel out of retirement. You can't never tell. But I've always told these guys, 
When we get ready to go to Bush Gardens, they can't even go to sleep at night. They stay up all night long, joking, fooling, kibitzing, and what they do is when we get in the vans and drive, then they, they sleep until we get there. <laughs> but, friend, you talk about motivated. I told one young man here, I said, if I could get a syringe and put in it motivation, Make a pin cushion out of you. <laughs> I can get you motivated. Where do you buy that stuff? You know? But God, give us the Holy Ghost. Renew us in the Holy Ghost. Fire us up in the Holy Ghost. That guy sitting at Jesus' feet, nobody could do anything with him. You know, and he said, I want to go with you, Lord. Wherever you go, that's where I want to go. <laughs> and the Lord said, Nuh-uh. He said, You're going to go back to that city where they, man, they're going to run when they see you coming. Because <laughs> they recognize you, they're going to run. He said, But you show them how great things the Lord has done for you. You go show. You go show. You go live the life. You go let your light so shine that your heavenly Father can be glorified. Go show them. Go show them. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's take a moment. Lift our hearts with our hands. We sing and praise and worship Him this morning. One thing. Can you focus on one thing of I desire. Stay in the church and win souls. I'm chasing after you no matter what I have to do because I need you
message is necessary. Without it, you can't make it. You can't enter, you can't see. But you can have this free, and it's for you. If you're here today, this is your first time. We want to help you repent. We want to baptize you in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all of your sins. And then God's going to fill you with the free gift of the Holy Ghost. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. Well, give God a big hand. Thank God. 